Go Tiger. <laughs> go Tiger. Almost back. I don't know if he's ever going to win again. I think he will. Well, he was, yeah. what, 40 years? Wasn't he in the... You know, in 40. the Masters? Yeah. He made the cut, but he was like, yeah. And he was, he's way bottom, down there. One but... on the bottom in the cut. Yeah. But he yeah. played well the two tournaments before that. Well, his back is a huge issue. Dude, yeah, but back he, yeah, that was the, that was that's that's what screwed him up. I think it's just a new age a little bit in golf too, where it's young, younger guys are rising up, and he's getting older, and it's like there's not the threshold. Like Jack Nicholas, no, totally. was good because he was forty and he was still better than everybody at golf, mm-hmm. and nobody trained for it. Now it's like guys actually know what the fuck they're doing. Well, like, yeah, but also like I mean, Tiger's well, the whole scan thing is one thing, but I mean, his back was like seriously fucked. Yeah, and then. When you're a golfer and the back is your biggest freaking well, you gotta thing you're using all the time. So by the time he gets surgery and now he's recovered and, you know, he's got to change his complete. He changes his swing completely. He changed it because yeah. he had to. Yeah. And now that he's starting to get used to it and comfortable with it, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, it's, it's going to take some time. Like, some time. I, I, I give it a few years and he's probably going to be right back on top again. So. He's pretty old now, though, isn't he? He he's is, but he's still in great shape. And, He's, he's, he's probably 38. I think he's in his 40s. No, I'm pretty sure he's in like mid to late 40s yeah, now. Yeah, I think he is. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since he's been champ. Yeah. When's the last major he won? Probably 2004? No. Five? He won in 2008 or nine. Was it? Sure. I think that was, he won one or two in one year. and Just fell off the map. I don't know. When did he start? Banging hookers. Well, he's, he was banging the blog before then. <laughs> now, get, yeah, I guess that would have been later released? than that because I would have still been in high Were school you, so after that. So, yeah, I think be- you're right, 2008, 2009. Before we get started, I don't know. if We're, we're already going. And we're already going. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Thought it would be a nice natural, natural push into it. But you ruined like, it just now. Were you able to check through the notes? And, I was, yeah. And everything I'm, seemed. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm open. Okay. I'm open, boys. No, I just meant in the in terms of it was all right because I just kind of yeah. I googled yeah. you a little bit. Totally. And I, I went. I kind of know some of this. Yeah, so. you know some things about me, right? Obviously, yeah. and then uh, yeah, we'll we'll play along. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Let's do this thing. All, all right. right, lead us off, Riley. Well, we are here with Mister Addison Herosian. I'm gonna call him Addy all all day today, yep. all night maybe. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, Addison is part of the Remax One Group. Correct. Uh, and runs Social Savvy, trademark. Yes. Realty, <laughs> along with your business partner. Correct. Uh, and his name is? Jesse Peters. Awesome. Uh, so your father was a professional NFL and CFL player. Mm-hmm. You were a former personal trainer at Pro Fitness. Mm-hmm. You did boot camps. Got yeah. my got my roommate in shape. I did. Started a <laughs> track Pro- of, the, of the good good shape lifestyle. Nice. Where's Pro Fitness? It's in Charleswood on Hearthstone oh. Road. So... My dad actually and my sister both own and manage and run that place. Um, it's very interesting, actually, with Pro Fitness. Never once have we done any sort of advertising. Never once. So my dad built the business, started off in the basement of his house. He had a, we had a gym in our, in our house growing up. Started the business there, expanded to a place in his little strip mall, um, decent size, and now we're in our building now. I think it's like 8,000 square feet, something like that, 10,000 square feet. Whoa. Pretty big. The big, big uh, space. Big space. Yeah. I, I don't quote me on that. I could be lying, but it's it's big. There's a and, lot of room. Uh, there's a lot of room. And yeah, he never once paid for advertising. All done through word of mouth and just positive responses and people talking about it, which is, in my opinion, that's the best way to build a business. That's awesome. How long has it been around? Oh, geez. When did my dad start start it? How old am I? 
I already, we already went through this rally. <laughs> Forgot how old I am again. Yeah. We're, we're 26, born, okay. in, born in 91, born unless 91. you have a... Early birthday. Yeah, you're right. Early birthday. I'm turning 27 in August. So my dad started this when I was probably 10 years old. So 17 years-ish. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he, he transferred from playing professionally and then just became a trainer? And well, my old man, he, he, he played for the Baltimore Colts in the NFL for a bit. Played there for three years. Came here to CFL, played for the Bombers for five. Um, while he was playing for the Bombers, he started a business called Amway Quickstar. You may have heard of it. Yeah. Um, so he, well, he didn't start it, obviously, but he kind of, he started working in that business, in that, in that atmosphere. And uh, he kind of was the pioneer in Winnipeg here of, of that business. So what so, was that business? Like it- so basically what Amway is, it's an it's a, uh, online network marketing kind of thing. Okay. You know, a lot of people will talk crap about it, and a lot of people, you'll Google it, you'll see a pyramid scheme. Um, but it's actually not, because a pyramid scheme, when someone's at the top, you can't be surpassed. Right. In the Amway business, anybody can, can pass the person that, are, that is bringing them in under their branch or under their business. So much like any um, corporation, really. Exactly. Yeah. So it, actually, Amway started as a, a beauty and cosmetic product line. That's how they got their name. They were making unbelievable beauty and cosmetic products. Um, that's how they started. But now they've branched to all sorts of home and home and home and wellness products. And uh, essentially it is sales. Essentially you're bringing people into the business. Um, essentially you want people to buy the products and promote the products. Of course. And that's, at the end of the day, is what it is. And uh, my dad, that's, honestly, that is where my dad kind of was most successful in. Now, you know, obviously he was an awesome uh, athlete and everything, but he was most successful in his business. And then um, while he was, he still does this to this day, he still does it. And then as well, he started the training thing. Um, Obviously, he's always had a fitness background and always been a- active. So, does and he himself train as well? Then? He does. He's, okay. He still trains some people. My my, I hope my dad listens to this. It's gonna be he's gonna laugh. <laughs> but uh, you know, my dad is getting old now, and <laughs> he's getting to that point where he should should start thinking about retirement and start just chilling out. And he's he's getting there. He's starting to hang out a little bit more now. I think it's a generational thing because you just met my dad here too. Yeah. But uh, it's the guys who aren't gonna retire until they're. Well, my dad says he won't retire until he's dead. So yeah. that's that's kind of the mentality of that generation for whatever reason. It's just totally keep providing, keep living the lifestyle that you want and be able to provide the experiences too. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know what? To each their own. I mean, I hope I hope when I'm my dad's age, I'll be able to retire and just live in Arizona and golf every day. I mean, that sounds <laughs> that's pretty nice. Only, right? <laughs> so that's the dream life for you then? That's the golf dream life. And, One golf day, and golf and Pro tour weather. or away? Traveling, golf, warm weather. That's all. That's all I want. Pro <laughs> tour, maybe maybe that too, Jace. Yeah. What's the top of the bucket list for travel? Ooh, top of the bucket list for travel. I don't know. My like my girlfriend Lindsay, she's been pretty much everywhere. Um, she's a big big traveler. So, you know what? Basically, it goes. Lindsay, where are we going? Because she knows she knows all <laughs> she the knows hot it. spots and all this all the good places to go. I do want to do Croatia. She's been there. She loves it. Uh, Asia's one on my list. I want to do as well. Um, I'd say those are probably my top two in my mind right now. Um, in the future, who knows what the future holds? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, for me, it's the Coliseum. I need to yeah. see the Coliseum. I'm yeah, Roman history buff, and there's no place I'd rather visit. It's just the history behind it. Yeah, too. that would be amazing to see. Uh, Coliseum, the the cathedral there, all of that. I would always say Netherlands because that's where I'm, my family is from, my go. grandparents from. Yeah. Um, I always say I'm going to do it. I'm 30 years old, so I'm, 
much more ancient than you, and I haven't <laughs> yeah. even traveled oh, geez, outside of North America yet. <laughs> you haven't traveled outside North America yet? Never. Neither no. have I. Neither have I. I made it to Australia, so that was number one previously on my bucket list. It was something about the Australian accent really, really brought me in. <laughs> Tied you in. <laughs> and uh, I actually stopped in Fiji on the way home, too, and that was a really amazing cultural experience, just seeing people that lived it's almost if Hawaii wasn't Americanized and all the skyscrapers and yeah. things, it's just the natural beauty and cultural beauty, too. It was island lifestyle, so things just weren't by the clock. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, the sun's in the sky, let's go play some volleyball. We were on a resort island, too, so it was a little yeah. bit more lax, but that was such a cool thing. Turtle races were a thing. Turtle too. races, wow. Turtle races. You know you got that. time on your hands <laughs> yeah. when you're doing turtle races. You can races. place a lot of bets during the race, too, I'm sure. <laughs> Four hours later. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about since you were a former hockey player, obviously the biggest thing that's happened lately with the Humboldt Mm -hmm. uh, team, Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of your thoughts and, and, and really how it affected you. Like I know for me, it's knowing guys that have played on, I know one of my close friends, his rights were with Humboldt and it's, it's just so strange to think how fragile life is. Totally. And, and, and it's just so sad and it's, but it's at the same time, it seems that the nation kind of rallies together at these moments and just 100 percent. You know what? I, I, the hockey community is a crazy thing. You know, everyone's everyone in the hockey community, especially in Canada, is tied together. Yeah. Um, I think back to my junior days, how many countless bus rides I went on. I played in Steinbach and I actually commuted out to Steinbach for two years. So I was driving to Steinbach and back every single day. And I think, you know, like all the icy roads I dro- drove on. Life is so fragile. It could have been taken from me any minute, any of those times. You never had that thought cross your mind. Yeah. But then you see something like this happen, and it's just, obviously, it's beyond saddening. It's beyond s- s- sickening. Um, but you know what? Like, you also think about how many teams across Canada there are, how many junior teams across Canada there are. There's hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. Um, and how many bus trips they take daily. Yeah. And, you know, our, our roads aren't great. Our weather doesn't, isn't good here. Um, Especially you know, when you're going through winter and driving, totally. right? I mean, I count blessings that doesn't happen more often, too, as well, because, you know, um, this these things could happen every weekend for the amount of, of bus travel that these teams that teams in Canada do. Um, but it's just, it's it's a heartbreaking thing, but I, I love how everyone's just kind of rallied and uh, yeah, showed the, support. Because, the support's amazing for it. The mm-hmm. And just... All the NHL teams wearing Broncos on their mm-hmm. jerseys, and I, I don't know what they raised up to this point. Last I checked, it was like six or seven million. I think it's at thirteen million. It's wow. almost double Which, that now. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow, it's awesome. It just shows it's something about the hockey community too. It's everybody. I know guys who coached some of the people that were on that team, and and some people that have ties to either coaches or players, and it's just it's mm-hmm. it's so sad to to see like it's just a loss of of so much potential and not even just hockey it's just young young guys trying to just figure out their lives totally. and, and and also <laughs> live their hockey dream and just in an instant that everything can change and my journey through sport yeah bus rides and and so you think mm-hmm. of you think of all those those chances and all those things and you really take it for granted sometimes Completely that true. just your yeah. safety but I really enjoy the something about the hockey sticks outside the the offices and things. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a nice tribute. I also see the other side of it though too, where I, something about 
Facebook filters and, and it just becomes a little bit too saturated and, and just a little bit too much for attention by some of those companies. So it's, I don't know, I take it with a grain of salt sometimes, but in all, it seems that the support and just the, the fact that everybody's thinking and, and really, really just the love that's been poured out towards Humble and, yeah. and the people affected has been just amazing. I think it hits home for a lot, of, like, it obviously hits home for a lot of people, right? I mean, hockey is basically kind of a sport. Yeah. A lot of people play it. It's home with a lot of people. I know when my mom saw the news, she was so heartbroken and saddened by instantly sending me kissing faces and, you know, just saying how happy she is, you know, that I had never experienced this catastrophe because, again, like how many times I've been on the bus. It's crazy. That actually has been something that in my own life has started to take a little bit of precedence is just showing appreciation for the people that are there because – you never, life is fragile and you really don't know it's, and it's not necessarily a tragedy in that sense, but you don't know if people are going to be happy, healthy, functional for the rest of their lives. And especially, you know, having aging parents or having aging relatives and, and seeing some of the, the things that they go through, it's, you, you can't take this life for granted. And especially the times that you spend with people, I think now as a young adult, you start to appreciate because there's that separation when you're a teenager where you want to be an individual and you want to learn to be yourself. And then all of a sudden you become a young adult and you still want that independence and you want to grow and you don't want to rely on them. But then you almost form that relationship in a new sense. And it's totally. just, it's a beautiful thing to come full circle and just appreciate all the sacrifices, all the things that our parents and our relatives and our siblings do for us too. Completely agree. Yeah. So, um, Sorry, go ahead. No, oh, you, yeah, you go. I'll go. Let's okay. be polite no, about it. No, you go. Sorry, oh, sorry. The sorry. Canadian, the Canadian thing. way. <laughs> Canadian um, arguments. <laughs> um, I just kind of want to tie this, the whole Humboldt thing into just, well, if, for people that are listening and that don't know, we're based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, go Jets. Go Jets. Um, because they're doing amazing right now. Um, won two games in the playoffs right now. So they're 2-0 and in this current series against Minnesota. And just to see... Um, the overwhelming, just the community around hockey here. I I never realized how big it was until I saw the whiteout and the arena in the first game, and even last night during the second game, and seeing the street outside. I don't know how many people were there. The total on Wednesday was eleven thousand, I believe, yeah. and it was even more on Friday. They had to expand the space because it became a safe, uh, safe health and safety issue. They they make more room on the street for all the people watching outside. So yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't warm either. It was cold outside, and that many people were there. That's insane and amazing at the same time. So you don't remember the incarnation of the Jets 1.0? You don't remember Teppo Newman in and Keith the Chuck, Chris King, Nikolai Habibulin. Yeah, I I could rattle off the whole roster. Yeah, of course. I (laughs) I was talking to somebody actually yesterday about about the whole Jets success and and. you know the city, city obviously coming and supporting the Jets, and they asked me, "Do you think all after you know this love affair, you know they're successful for five years? If you think the tennis is going to run down?" Mm-hmm. And I go, "You know what? I think after they left one time, I don't think the Jets will ever take it for granted, or you know our fans will ever take the Jets for granted ever again. No. And I think uh, I think our city just loves hockey too much to ever let it go again. One of my first Personally. memories was chanting." We, we have the habit of chanting the opposing goalie's name. Of course. And I remember chanting Osgood. Chris Osgood was the goalie. <laughs> I, 
I want to say it was late in the season in the 95, 96 season. So probably early 96. I was about five years old. Good memory, I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's probably one of my earliest memories in general, but earliest hockey memories. But uh, we also have at our place is the the frame check of the Save the Jets Foundation. Oh, nice. So it's a $50 contribution to try (laughs) to keep them in town. But uh, we also... We also took the day off school. Our dad pulled us out. My dad's a huge hockey fan. So he pulled us out of school so that we could go to the Forks. And then full circle, when they came back, I was at Portage and Maine for the, the festivities yep. when it was announced that the Jets came back. So that was, yeah, that was awesome. In a similar way, this seems, this seems now we're celebrating the team's success. That was celebrating the team coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was the energy's the same. It really That's bonds true. the city and brings people together in such an amazing way. And that's what that's what sport can do. But I think the Jets are, especially right now, are a very special team. They are, and they're going to be special for a while. Yeah, they got a it, lot of good young talent. I think they so, got a yeah. lot of good young talent in the system, not even on the team right now. Um, they got a good front office. They got good people heading the organization. There, drafting players, yeah. scouting department, everything. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, kudos to whoever's doing the. Kudos drafting. to everybody. <laughs> I remember a lot of people were shitting on Shovel Day off when he first came here because. He wasn't making the trades. He wasn't. He wasn't yeah. making. The, you know the free agent splashes, but like he said, trust the process, and it all comes to fruition. Because you know, coming to Winnipeg, especially a new team, draft and develop, draft and develop, and it's it's paying its rewards right now. I would I would say both Winnipeg teams, both majors. So I would I would call that the Bombers and the Jets. Yeah. But they've shown yeah. the path of how you build a great team, and it's draft. Great talent in the CFL. It's a little different because you got to draft harder, good right? Canadian talent, yeah. and yeah. you got to develop that. And that's that was their lack for the first couple years of this this regime, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. And now they've started to develop that talent and bring in a bunch of good players. But the Jets, in the same way, have shown that patience of let's draft players, let's not risk it all to have maybe one good season with rental players, and exactly. then because two years ago when we made the playoffs, we weren't. We weren't a contender. We weren't no, a we, just we weren't in. a legitimate we, yeah. contender, and and they were aware of that, and so they they didn't make any dumb moves right at the trade deadline or anything. But now it's you know getting a guy like Statsny yeah. and even Morrow with the game winner. Yeah, you know guys unheralded yeah. unheralded journeymen doing their part and and making it work. And it's been such a it's been really cool for the city. I wish I paid a little bit more attention. I've been to a couple of games, but. Uh, for whatever reason, I love hockey, but football took over in my life. So it's it's fair. Yeah. Fair. But talking about sports, you started out as a goalie when yep. you were young. I did. My dad always told me that goalies were absolute <laughs> crazy. Everybody so. says that. You know, goalies get a bad rep, right? Yeah. If you're a goalie, you're nuts. No, I think I'm kind of normal. Kind of a little bit. <laughs> you stand there for 10 minutes and then you get a shot. It's It's just a crazy... It's a crazy lifestyle almost because it's so calm. You got to keep yourself busy, and then all of a sudden, it might be a flurry of ten shots in a row. You know what? And you you actually see it a lot. Goaltending is it's a mental. It's it's mental. It's almost all mental. Um, and you see guys that are you know a little bit older finally breaking into the league when they're older and finding success because it takes a lot of learning. Like goaltending is it's it's a lot of it's obviously positional. Um, it's about how you react to situations. Um, and it's being mentally tough because you're going to go through ups and downs as a player, as a goalie. But as you're, if you're a goalie, 
your downs are going to be more noticed and your ups are going to be more noticed. So to be able to recover from those low lows is mm-hmm. one of the hardest things and hardest things about playing being a goaltender. Um, I actually didn't want to be a goaltender when I started playing hockey. I, I always wanted to score goals. And <laughs> my, my eight-year-old Phoenix hockey team needed a goalie. And my dad's in the dressing room. I'm doing my skates. And he goes, Addy, you'll play goalie. And I go, really, Dad? I don't want to play goalie. I want to <laughs> score goals. And then I strapped in the pads. And the rest is history. The rest is history. I was, well, he did that because we always were playing street hockey in my, in my, in my front driveway. And he always would just shoot balls at me. I think it was more for my dad to have fun and try to score goals on me than anything, to be honest. <laughs> and then he signs me up to play goalie, but I don't have any regrets ever since. I love it. Love the position. So you were better than the shooter tutor then. You, you I was much better in. than the shooter tutor, yeah. How long did you play goalie for? Uh, my whole life. So I, I played from eight, eight. I started hockey at eight, so it's a little bit later than most people. And then I finished when I was done junior hockey. I, I, I finished then um, when I was 20. And uh, just called it quits. Went to school for a bit and uh, got my degree. And while I was playing junior hockey, too, actually, for Steinbach and the Saints, Steinbach Pistons and the Winnipeg Saints, um, who are now in Verdon, I was taking courses all through, university courses all through that time as well, um, which was a struggle, to be honest. It was, it was a lot. I was taking a full-time course load, mm-hmm. four classes a semester, wow. Wow. Uh, while traveling and playing junior hockey. Somehow passed. So you are insane. (laughs) So I guess I am insane. I guess I guess you're right, Jace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember that same struggle was was more so being a student athlete when I played Bisons, but then translating that after to working essentially full time in my last year of schooling and doing my field work, which was Mm -hmm. expected a forty hour work week. So eighty hour weeks. And then my last semester taking five courses for the first time and working at the pint. So yeah. <laughs> where, where everybody's gone to watch the game and bartending there four or five nights a week. So it was, I'd never want to repeat that time in it's my struggle. life. It's hard. I don't, I honestly to take a four full-time course load and to work and make money and survive. It is difficult. Um, kudos to everybody that, can, that does it and can do it, but it's, it's tough. I mean, you're in school full-time. It's like a full-time job. And then for you to have some kind of a part-time job on top of that, it's tough for people to do that. And you got to set aside time for studying and writing papers. Yeah. Um, I guess not very crazy. much time for social then. Not social very, life, very right? much time for yeah. social life, which is also very important. Uh, personally, I believe so. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, getting on topic of university and school and everything, I look back at my, my life and I have one regret I had. Um, to be honest, I wish I went and did a trade. I wish I did a trade, especially now that in the industry that I'm in, I'm learning a lot more about construction and and you know building and all that stuff. But I wish I had a, a trade. Um, that's that's the one thing I wish I did. Why that's, do you say that? You know what? I, I have a degree in kinesiology, a phys ed degree. Um, the plan was to become a teacher, and uh, I, I realized early on in my education part of my phys ed degree that I didn't. This wasn't for me. Um, I love kids. I've worked with kids my whole life. I worked at the mental abuse center with, with uh, you know, at the jail there as a, as a counselor. Um, I worked growing up, obviously, I trained people and helped them adapt a healthy lifestyle. Um, I trained goaltenders at the Goaltender Development Institute. Um, I ran classes for kids. I, I worked with kids my whole life. And at the time, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to continue on this path of working with kids. Um, and I think teaching is the best way to do that. 
But um, in following my whole family's footsteps, I saw, you know, teaching, great job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I, would, I love the teaching job. It's great benefits, good pay, everything about it is awesome. Um, but for me, I always saw myself as being my own boss. I wanted to be my own boss. Um, I didn't want to have, you know, okay, you're only going to be making X amount of dollars a year. Um, personally, I don't care if I make less, if I have the potential to make more. That's always been my mindset. Um, I will work my ass off to get somewhere. Um, I'm a hardworking guy, and I, I, I like to work. So to be limited in my work days, I want to work more and, not, and have the potential for more if I work harder. You know, as a teacher, you're, you're showing up, you're, you're 8.30 to 4.30. Um, you put in your time, there's not much really potential for anything else, right? So entrepreneurship for me be, then became, you know, when I was in university and I'm, I'm I'm experiencing everything and taking classes and trying to think about what to do. Um, I said, you know what? I, I, was, I, was, I finished my first year of education. I, I still have one year to this day left to do in education. <laughs> I could become a teacher. I got one year to do it. Um, I don't think it's ever going to happen, to be honest. But um, I got one year left if I did want to do it. But I, was, I did my one year, and I said, you know what? I, the time is now for me to do this. I'm still young. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make a change in my life and I'm gonna dive in and do something, now's the time to do it. And that's when you know the whole real estate thing kind of took over, and and I dove full steam into real estate uh, sales. Um, but in the same sense, while I was while I was doing all these things, taking university classes, playing hockey, um, I started to learn and read books and more about um, investing in real estate. So I have I have three rental properties now. I'm hoping to get more this coming year. Um, but I started learning the value and the benefit, especially in Winnipeg. I mean, obviously, I'm going to advocate for Winnipeg. I'm a Winnipeg realtor. <laughs> um, I started learning about the value of, of buying and holding real estate as rental properties. Um, I haven't done a flip yet. Maybe I'll dive into that one day, but a bit more risky. Um, I'm buying and holding property. And uh, when I started learning about that, and I, I basically, when I was doing all these things too, I was so interested in, in real estate and buying real estate that I was basically becoming a realtor at that time. I was learning about Winnipeg, all about Winnipeg. I was, I was doing a realtor's job without actually being a licensed realtor and being able to sell. Um, I, was, I was looking at so many places just to see what they were like, um, being strategic on what places I chose to buy. And... Um, I learned so much at that time that when I did go to do my real estate license, it's supposed to take you six to 12 months, I did it in six weeks. Oh, wow. Just, just because I, you know what, a lot of it was just information I already knew. And because you're a crazy goaltender. And, no. and back to that, I'm a crazy goaltender. <laughs> no. Exactly. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that was the one thing back to what I was originally saying. I wish I took a trade. I wish I took a trade. And I, th I think with a trade as well, you're, I mean, not that you're limited. If you're a doctor, you know, you're, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you got those secured kind of jobs. I think a trade, you know, it kind of have, has a, a bigger broad range of, okay, I can start my own business with my trade. Um, I could work for somebody in my trade. Um, I think it allows you a bit more opportunity in that sense to, you know, branch out in different avenues, which, I, which in my mind I thought, I'm thinking, I think now, it's like I wish I did that back in the day. Um, Do you think? That is potentially something that you could do in the future. Um, good question. I don't know. I'm I'm busy right now with work For sure. and you know building my business and and you know advancing in my current career. I don't see any any time in my near future just because you know I am busy with what I'm doing and I, I you know I got clients that I got to take care of and um, but 
I wish I wish I just knew more. I might I might take like a construction class or something just to learn more in depth about how to build and and so do that was my like next that. question. What yeah. trade would you? Yeah, I I think I think uh, honestly I, any of them. I like I like them all because I want to I I. I'm actually redoing my house right now. Me and Lindsay are redoing our house that we're going to be living in together. And um, I, I, I've been following along every step of the way. I did some of the demo myself, but I like learning the process throughout the, throughout the whole entire time. I like learning about how they're doing it, how this is what steps to take to do everything, um, along with me and Lindsay designing the place ourselves, which was a great, fun experience for me. Picking every single aspect of the house out was uh, was was incredible and it's good for my career because I get to, you know, actually put to use what I can express to people as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, here's how much money you can spend. I've, I've done all the research for so many different products now because of my house. Um, here's what you can expect to pay. Here's how much you're going to, you're going to expect to pay here and here and here. Um, here's what designs can work, you know, working with color schemes, working with, with layout and, and all that fun stuff. So it's, uh, it's been a very interesting process and I'm loving every step of it. You seem to have uh, a very specific affinity to uh, learning uh, how things work. I do. I have. I always like to just know. Totally, hundred percent. I I like learning how things work. Um, I'm intrigued by. You know, I, when I walked in here, Jace, I said to you, I'm like, oh, how's this, how's this yeah. system all hooked up, right? And that's where right? it started, and now and I'm starting to get the idea to get that, yeah. behind it, yeah. So I was, I was trying to learn about how your, the mic system's all hooked up through your computer and through your computer program. Um, I love technology, I love building, and uh, I, I, like, uh, I like learning how, how these things, you know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't always dive in depth on everything to learn super deeply about it. But I do like to learn the broad logistics of things. Right, the, the basic the understanding basic of understanding. how something is getting put exactly. together or totally. working, right? Exactly. Yeah, I completely understand, or um, I understand that, that sentiment for sure. Uh, myself, I've always been that way. Uh, it started for me. It started with computers mm-hmm. and how computers work. How can I build my own computer? And then it kind of built into graphic design and then uh, fitness. Eventually, when I started losing weight, and it's fitness has been one that's been. And then personal development, I guess, is more lately in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and just how people think, the psychology behind it, and it's something I never thought I'd be interested in. Like, how do people work? Totally. Um, but at, if you were to uh, recommend you said you read a lot of books on realty going into it if yes. you were to recommend a book or a couple books for someone who was say interested in realty where would you tell them to start you know what um <laughs> honestly i don't even remember the names of the books now it's like i just have them i read them i don't remember authors names Fair i don't remember enough. anything i go through them and i'm like oh i like that point in that book i like this point in this book um not every book i've read you know, I don't well, no, Not a single book I've read has the whole entire book been awesome. You know, I take specific things from the book that I, I think are, are going to work in my scope because not all of the realty books I've read are, you know, Canada-based. There are a lot of them are U.S.-based, and the rules are a lot different in, in the U.S. than they are in Canada. Even from province to province, the rules differ. differ. So um, in that sense, um, I wouldn't say, you know, there's a specific book that I read. I just kind of, I like to keep my mind open and, and read a lot of things. Um, any kind of investing book I've kind of got my hands on, just read about how people have, have started investing in real estate, um, how people are investing in real estate without using their own cash, um, and how to kind of build a, a, an empire of, of, of real estate. So 
Um, there's no specific book I can say. And I, I, honestly, I wouldn't remember the title or the author anyway. Yeah. Was there a moment specifically that you knew that that's what you wanted to pursue since you had all these other things going on and then you went, you got interested in the investing side mm-hmm. of reality and then you went, what was that jump moment and what, what made you gravitate towards it in the first place? So, like I said, the whole the whole starting of, you know, real estate investing is how my mind got wrapped around real estate to start. That's that's what started it. Um, and then when I started investing, that's when my mind was starting was was starting to think, well, you know, if I was a realtor, I could start buying my properties. I'd have a, a much bigger in for certain properties. I could possibly get properties cheaper because I am a realtor. I have an inside track on certain things. Um, that's how my mind started started there. And then I go, you know, well, I mean, also, I mean, a realtor's job, at the end of the day, being a realtor is about creating relationships with people. And my business is going to be built on people having a positive experience, enjoying every second of working with me, and me taking care of my clients in whatever way is possible. And I've always been that guy. I've always been in hospitality. I've, wow, I've always been working with kids to with kids, personal training, training, right? Exactly. It all ties together. It all ties together. So you know what? In a sense, it's the same, it's the same sphere. It is. It's the exact same kind of um, profession. Um, so helping people is at the core of that. Helping people is at the, is at the core of, of, of this business in general. And I was thinking, you know, well, shoot, I should do this. But the biggest and scariest thing for me to get that jump, you know, way back then was uh, I'm going to be jobless, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're not guaranteed any income. It costs money to start real estate. Um, it costs money to stay in the business. I have bills. I have high bills monthly to, just to be a realtor. Um, so if you don't do anything, you don't sell anything, it's going to cost you money. So that was, that's a, it's a scary jump to take. And it's scary to think, you know, I'm paying all these bills, not even, you know, not even just breaking even, but I'm, I'm going to be losing money if I don't do any, if I don't do any business. And it's a, it's a scary jump to take. Um, the other thing too, was I was working at the gym doing the personal training thing. And in, in real estate, you can't have you can't have two jobs in, in Manitoba in real estate. You can't be a realtor and have a second job. Really? Is that um, like via the contract? And- it's it's the Manitoba's real estate rule, basically. I had um, no idea. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. So I was working at the gym, um, helping the family out. So at the time, you know, for me to leave there, my sister was going through cancer treatments as well. So she wasn't at the gym as much. So she's she's a big time big time there, right? She's there a lot. So I was kind of covering for her, so just kind of put a delay on it. I didn't want to leave it until eventually I said, you know what, I got to do this. This is what I want to do, and I'll work my ass off to make sure I succeed at it. And you know what, the rest is history, and I just, you know, grind every day and enjoy every day because I, I do. I, re- I truly enjoy every second of what I do, and I enjoy the people that I work with, and I, I enjoy it all. I love it. That's that's actually super inspiring, and uh, we actually touched based on it, especially in the previous podcast. and. And how if you want something, you have to be willing to work for it. Totally. Put in the work, right? You can be stronger if you put it in the push-ups. You can be a, a realtor if you put it in the work, right? Absolutely. And you know what? It, comes, it, it does. It comes down to you just putting, putting everything aside and just and doing it. Um, and, you know, yeah. yeah that's, I think, that's I think a lot of, where a lot of people fault in that um, mindset is that they want it to come easy. And I agree. I think... The victory is so much sweeter when it's harder, though. It, it kept coming into my mind that the best growth and the best things happen when you're living at the edge of chaos, when you, you keep things together, but you're pushing yourself, and it's, 
you know, you're staring over the edge and it there's oblivion on the other side and you could maybe fall flat on your face, but that's when you're actually going to achieve the greatest things in your life. And the fact that you're willing to do that, that's what's so inspiring about it. And especially with, and, and people often have that. There's so many things influencing you in life and, and all the things, whether it's family, whether it's career, whether it's, and to actually make that jump and believe in your own mm-hmm. talents is such an amazing, inspiring thing to do. Ultimately, every, every kind of career path someone's going to take, you're always going to have questions. No matter what job you take, whatever career path you take, you're going to have questions about it. You're going to question certain aspects of it. Um, but what I always keep, kept telling myself is, what do, I, what, what do I love to do? And not that everybody finds something that they love to do. Not that that doesn't happen. Um, what do I love to do? What do I think I can be good at? And roll with it. And um, I think yeah. that's extremely important too totally. is – when everyone else is doing a something a certain way, you got to figure out, okay, how, what I can I do differently, but what can I do differently very well? Yep. That's doing, that's different from everyone else. And I think having also the mindset of, you know, um, like, do I want to be a singer? Yeah. But I, I know I'll never be able to become a singer. You know, so having some real, realistic expectations as well, you do need to have those because. It's staying grounded. You got to stay like grounded. That. You can't, you know, I want to be a superhero. Sorry, Addy, you're not going to be a superhero, right? You know. <laughs> There's certain things I just I know I'm not going to be able to do, and I know I, I wouldn't succeed in. So to find something, you know, that's close. To, I think you know, as soon as you start thinking you're going to be good at it, if you if you if you if you have a good feeling about it, then that's kind of how I I got started in that, right? And you know, I'm not I, keeping realistic expectations. I think is very important as well, based on what career or job path you're going to go down. Because like I said, I'm not going to become a singer. I love singing. I'm not going to become a dancer, and I love dancing. <laughs> I agree. I think you touched on something there too. And it's, it's something that's come up. I, I especially see it on Instagram, but it's people that are dreamers through and mm-hmm. through. They don't necessarily, and some of them are maybe a little bit successful in their own right, but you see the posts of, I'm going to be this and living in a mansion and doing all these amazing things. <laughs> totally. And you go, no, you, <laughs> you don't have that drive or, you know, you might yeah. get some semblance of that, that, but you have to be more realistic. And I think that that, that makes sense. You need that you need to be grounded, but you also need to have goals and you have to want to achieve great things at Absolutely. the same time. And it's fi- like finding the balance between the two. Uh, is, is a lot of people really also, important. like you said, they wanted that mansion, that, that very specific material goal rather than the idea of the success behind what they're doing and whatever else just comes with it, right? Um, and I, it's not that someone can't be a singer. I know I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the NBA when I was younger. I was totally. like, I'm going to be the next... <laughs> Michael Jordan or whatever, but <laughs> like he was my idol growing up. So, can um, you jump from the free throw line, nope, Jason? Definitely cannot. <laughs> cannot jump, especially now with my knee going out every time I try to. Um, but that's not saying that if if you, I didn't truly believe I could be in the NBA, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I dreamed of it, but then I wasn't putting in the work either. You look at someone like Michael Jordan. We talked about him on the podcast again before. And he put in work day in and day out. And a lot of people don't see that. If you really want to be a, like a professional singer or mm-hmm. you want to be on stage and be famous, you got to be willing to put in the work behind the scenes. And I think there are, there's also different types of people who will work hard in different types of ways. So, you know, my mindset is when I'm, when I'm self-employed, every second that I put into my job is advancing my, what I'm building. Um, and I'm going to work my butt off to do that. A lot of people who... Can, if they want to be self-employed, but a lot of people don't have that work ethic to, you know, be on their own yeah. and to do things on their own. But you put them in an atmosphere where they're working for somebody and someone says, do this, do this, and this, 
they'll work their butt off and get complete all those tasks. Um, I think there's different types of people for different type of workforces. And I think, um, you know, obviously entrepreneurship's not for everybody and working for the man's also not for everybody, yeah. but it takes certain people to, you know, to come to those certain positions. And like I, like I said, I, I, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think everyone's tailored for entrepreneurship because they're not, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to work for yourself and to put in that drive and effort every day and say, what am I going to do today to make my career better? It's funny because I, I see that side of the story too, where it's entrepreneurship is often not taught in schools. Not and especially all. when you're taking something like phys ed, it's, mm-hmm. well, you're going to have to find a job when you finish. You're going to have to win over whatever board of the school and then you'll get a job and then hopefully you'll do good and they'll give you totally. a contract and then you get your exactly. tenure, senior, whatever ship. And, and then you'll be able to stick with it for 30 years, retire, die. And, mm-hmm. and that never spoke to me either. I, I saw that same thing. I took recreation management and community yep. development. So it was parallel to phys ed and kinesiology. And I, I was interested in the sports side. I think that's usually where it starts. Of course. Exactly. And, then, and also helping people. Mm-hmm. But I, I said the same thing. I'd spent enough time with trainers to go... When you're getting up at 5 a.m. to open the gym at 6 and then you're leaving at 10 at night at, at 35. And I, What's that that's like? Funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but at 35, at 40, there's, it seemed that there was only a certain window. And I don't know why, but that was just my mentality with it. I just didn't see myself being satisfied in that role. And same thing with phys ed. It just seemed the, the same kids... Well, new kids, but the same programming year mm-hmm. in and year out. And then you wake up at 35, go, I wish I did something or I, I tried my own thing. So the, the management side really drew me towards recreation management and, and taking that through school. And now it's kind of evolved into, I mean, I worked for the Bombers as soon as I finished school, which was a really amazing, cool experience. And that's kind of led itself to even being more interested in entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. especially working with somebody who is very driven and motivated and has built businesses before. And uh, it, it was an, an inspiring place to be. And then now to see that evolution kind of continue, I looked at starting my own youth programming when I finished that because I had an idea. I could take you on a walk through a facility I imagined for that <laughs> during that time. So yeah. it was I was inspired creatively. And then it's kind of come full circle now to where it looks like I'm taking a, an executive director role in, in this summer and going to be starting programming, but also learning the business side, and then it'll build from there. Expanded. So yep. it's, it's a really cool experience to just – school didn't really teach you that, and I do think that that lacks within – you need more dreamers. You need people who are going to build a better future for us, whether it's – physically at homes and, and buildings and schools. and Yeah, because and you are going to have those people that, that excel beyond everyone else. And, and unfortunately, sometimes it's taught that they can never do that. And so their potential is never reached, right? Completely. And you know what? I think, I think a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of um, our family, I think our family plays a big, large role as well. Um, you know, my, my, my mom, I love my mom to death, but she was always the one that said, you know, be a teacher, be a teacher. I want you to get your secured degree and job. Yeah, secured job. Exactly. Career. You got your security. I you think got, that's very much benefits. the old generation way it of is. thinking as well. It is. And you know what? And nowadays, <laughs> the security is not even there now when you get a degree. It's like, okay, no. I look at, at my year of phys ed and I see so many people struggling to find jobs. 
Yeah. And it's okay, cool. You got your degree. Back in our parents' day, it was get a degree and you get a job. It's pretty much automatic. Yeah. Now it's 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 like okay, people are asking for years of experience for these jobs. Well, how do you have years of experience when you just finish school? What do you do to start getting that experience? It's hard to find jobs out of university. It's oh, tough. sure. Yeah. Um, I have a, a film and theater degree, and I'm a personal trainer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the complete opposite. Totally opposite. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny the different paths that you go down. You sometimes hit a hit a head at at a certain point in the path, and it takes you in a new direction, and you have to evolve, and then you might even bounce again. But it's it's funny because it to me that doesn't seem like wasted time. Mm-hmm. It's such you learn from all those experiences, and Completely. you learn more so about what you want and what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. I think, I think uh, you know, taking on different jobs and different volunteer work and, and seeing and experience different things, even, even in travels, um, I think you learn a lot about yourself and I think you learn a lot about what you want to do and I think you learn a lot about, um, you know, what really drives and motivates you as well. Yeah, and I always say, like, it, you never know unless you try, right? Completely. Even if it means failure. I mean, I've done it time and time again. I went to Vancouver Film School dropped out, came back after spending $30,000 on school mm-hmm. and, and that went to nothing, right? It went to waste. Uh, came back and then didn't know what I wanted to do. Got an opportunity to work for the Canadian Coast Guard and it wasn't until there um, after I lost 150 pounds. So I was super skinny and never even touched the gym. And then it was the gym at the Coast Guard that started to get me into fitness. And then, But then while I was there, I was like, I want to really do film. So I came back here, went to the University of Manitoba, took five years of film and theater, and then theater was found along the way mm-hmm. with film. I, I ended up love, falling in love with theater. And then um, I kept going to the gym, and I kept getting kind of getting the results that I wanted. And then um, as I learned more about the gym, I wanted to learn more about the human body. And then as I learned about the human body, I, I, I started getting interested in training. And then I started getting interested in how people think. Mm-hmm. And it just it started turning my Kept mind. I never thought, yeah, I never thought I'd be interested in, I, I hated biology growing up. Mm-hmm. And now I have a job that involves biology. Um, I hated psychology. I never took psychology in university because I thought it was a waste of time. Now you're interested. And now it's the primary focus of mine. It, it's interesting how it just it keeps evolving over time. Totally. And you know what? People people change too, right? Like, I mean, I look at my life when I was 18 versus my life now. I look at my life even when I was 22 to my life now. It's completely different. And I have different mindsets and different values. And, you know, I think as you as you grow older through all the way up to your, you know, mid-30s, you know, things change in your mind and and – and you're always evolving as a person and you're always changing as a person. And I think uh, no matter who you are, it's going to happen. And it, it's, it's, it's good. It's good, but it could also be bad depending on the situation, right? So one, but, of the, one of the things that I've noticed that you do, you talk with your hands a ton. <laughs> and I feel like you're naturally meant to be in front of a camera. Yeah, so yeah, I, was going oh, to, I was going to transition this to social savvy and being in front of a camera (laughs) and maybe a little bit about the business, but, but then the videos that you do and kind of the experience with that as well. So So yeah, what, what is social savvy? First of all, social savvy is, is the brand. So actually my business partner, Jesse, um, he pioneered the whole social savvy creation. He started, he started that when he started in real estate, he started this movement of, you know, um, the social savvy brand and creating videos and content for, for houses to be showcased and seen. And for also, for him to get promoted. Um, so then when I came on the ship here, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of changing our, our, our focus a bit. 
um, changing our brand a little bit just because, you know, it's, it's different now. There's two of us, and um, we're always evolving, always changing with the times. Um, but the social savvy brand is, is based on, you know, getting your house showcased, seen, and sold. And our, our videos are a good way to market, to market that and also get our faces out there. Um, it, you know, I don't think enough people realize the power of social media nowadays, and that's, that, is, that is where everybody's getting their information from now. Yeah. It, times are changing, that's, and that's where everything's moving towards. Um, you, can, you can do... It's interesting um, that Realty hasn't actually taken advantage of that sooner. You know what? It's, 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 it is now starting to become a standard thing, and, and video is starting to become a standard thing because people are starting to realize, okay, uh, people connect with video a lot more, building that, that, that knowing of somebody, that liking of somebody, that trust of somebody, seeing them on a camera, seeing their face and how they react <laughs> is, uh, is how that all, all kind of comes together. And um, yeah, the, the, a lot of people don't understand the power of social media, back to what I was saying, because we can take our, our videos and you know, if we have a, a house in, say, White Ridge, I can geotarget specifically White Ridge area with, with our marketing, with this, this listing, and say, hey, White Ridge, you know, check out this place. You can literally geotarget the specific area, specific age range, specific likes and interests. Um, right. Somebody like triple car garages. Okay, cool. I want someone that looks, has wants likes triple car garages because we have one here. Um, Not to discourage you, but hitting the table makes noises. Okay, I'm gonna keep in doing the, that. It, yeah, <laughs> just, the mic picks it up. So Does it? Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Um, Usually, so, I'm the one doing bad for yeah, that. Jason, so, so, so that the mic yeah. picks it up. Okay. <laughs> People are gonna yell at their yeah. computer screens. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's crazy the power it has and the reach that, of people you can reach on social media is exponential. Um, and you know you could do you do paid, paid advertisements and it costs next to nothing. You can reach tenfold more people than you can with flyers and and that kind of old school of advertising. Um, so that's kind of uh, the social savvy brand in a broad sense. And uh, the video thing, it's it's awesome getting in front of the camera. You know, the first time is a little nerve wracking, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, so I don't I don't really don't really care much <laughs> um, to get in front of the camera. I don't mind it. Um, but it is, uh, it is definitely, it's been fun, and I enjoy every second of it, and I love making the videos, and I love the response I get from you guys and everybody out there that sees them. Everybody seems to enjoy it. And at the end of the day, really, it's about us, me and Jesse. We have fun with it. Um, we enjoy what we do, and we try to express it on camera. We have fun with it, and I think people will see that and say, you know, I want to work with these guys because, you know, they're <clears> fun, <throat> energetic, and they know their shit. Yeah, I had <laughs> never heard of it before until yesterday, I think. And I, was, I, was, I said to Riley and you, and I was reading the podcast notes, and I was like, what's this social savvy thing? I do a quick Google, find it, and I, I watched the first video that came up on it, which is one of the more recent ones. Yeah. And I thought it was just, I thought this was an amazing idea. I'm like, how has this not been done sooner? Well, I mean, it, you guys have been doing it for a while now, yeah. right? So it's, it, is, it is starting to get in, you know, you see a lot more people are doing it now. Um, it's becoming more common because, especially with our technology nowadays, anybody can just whip out their phone and take high quality videos with just their phone if they want and create content. And creating content is what's going to give you the opportunity to build a business and give more lead opportunities, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, um, yeah. It also, like you said, it gets your face out there. It also makes it easy i think easier for people to approach you exactly and that's so and that's a lot the, of people a lot of misconceptions is like you don't know who you're going to talk to for this exactly. realtor so you you don't, all there's this kind of the negative con uh connotation connotation around realty there, um, there really is it's a, it's a it is 
you know, it's like anything, a car salesman, you know, oh, it's but any sales job, any in sales general, job, right? you know, yeah. has that kind of persona. Um, so yeah, but it's being, <laughs> being genuine shows through. And I think the videos yes. and being so much fun and showing that you can make that experience enjoyable for people. And when they realize that, I believe that that's, that's important to show a consumer that to, to emote exactly what you're what your style of business is going to be. You can usually tell the greasy car salesman. Yeah. yeah. And then you can also <laughs> tell when somebody's honest and actually wants totally. to help and wants what's best for you. And well, so, and I think like the reviews alone speak well for yourself. I checked out the Facebook page and you guys have, if not five stars, very close to five stars on there. Exactly. You know what? It, it comes down to, I always, always say it's about building know, like, and trust. And if someone, someone starts to know you, they like you, and they trust you, that is what pioneers, you know, a relationship. And a relationship, a good relationship with my clients, my friends, I help out, I help out my friends, close friends as well. Um, having those positive, you know, know, like, and trust and positive experiences, it was what helps build the business because, you know, as you build it and word of mouth spreads, you know, just like I was talking about my dad's business with Pro Fitness, all word of mouth, people like what, what a service you provide, they're going to talk about it. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. Can you break down what does it mean to know, like, and trust? So first one's the know, right? You, you got to get to know somebody. So if I'm a, real, I'm a realtor, someone doesn't know me, okay, now first interaction, you know, say it's me and you, Jace. We mm -hmm. just met. Um, now you're starting to get to know me. The first thing is to start to communicate with me, talk to me, start learn, learning more about me, know who, knowing who I am. Okay, as we're going through this communication, oh, you're, you like you like who I am as a person. You're, I, I like who you are as a person. This, this, this fit it will work, right? Yeah. Um, and then once, once people start liking you more and more and more and you build that communication, then the trust factor comes in. And then as soon as someone can, someone can trust you, what more do you need, right? Um, and and that, then that trust, that trust gets built and then that's just, that relationship is pioneered, right? So I'm kind of interested in the, in the like part of it. So... There are psychology studies that have been done that show that within the first 30 seconds of someone meeting you, they've already decided whether or not they like that. you. Totally. So how do you get someone to like you? I don't like to use, use the word I, get, but. I, yeah. You know what? I think, I personally think that my, 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 my genuinity and how, who I am as a person yeah. comes across. Yeah. You and seem very personal. I'm not a so. fake person. I'm, I'm a straight up person. I'm going to say it how it is. Um, and if someone doesn't like it, fuck them. <laughs> fair enough right yeah so you know what yeah. like that's that's you're just, not gonna be someone that I'm you're not, gonna not be right somebody yeah. that i'm not to appease somebody else i don't want to work with people that aren't going to like me for who i am and at the same time i don't want to force someone to work with me if they don't like me and that that just and speaks to how genuine you actually are yeah, so that's and that's and that's, that's what it comes volumes. down to it's just you know i'm always myself i'm i'm not a fake person i'm always going to say it how it is i'm going to lay out all the facts um i'm not going to hide anything that's just that's just always been who i am and, you know, I, I, I like making people happy too, right? Like I, making people happy is always something I've enjoyed. I, I like comedy. I like making people laugh and, you know. Um, it's really a lot to do with how you bring your energy into the conversation mm -hmm. when you're first meeting somebody. They, they say it's, it's usually a good thing to come in just above the level of energy of people that are in front of you. So if they're just calm and talking, you don't want to come in like million Big miles crazy. an hour because yeah. then you seem crazy in comparison. <laughs> but if you're a little bit more energetic, they're going to see that and they're going to gravitate towards it a little bit. But then well, I, I draw from a little different realm, but you have to open. So you have to talk, you have to begin the conversation, and then you have to do just that. You converse, you build 
the connection with yeah, somebody the rapport. and then yeah. rapport and then it's and then it's the comfort with them too. So then you can start to be natural and just have those honest conversations about their needs, what they totally. want to accomplish and, 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 and their goals what? and finding yeah. something. Ultimately, not everybody is going to like my style. Not everybody is going to like your style. Not everybody no. is going to like so-and-so, Joe Schmo's style. Um, not everybody Not everybody is going to you know, connect with me on a certain level. It's just, it's just not going to happen, and I'm not going to force that. Um, I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to be me, and that's what I do, be who I am, and if someone likes it, they're great, and if they don't, so be it. Yeah. Um, and I Fair think enough. I think that's I think that's how a lot of good entrepreneurship is built because yeah. you know being who you are and if you're a fake person I think it shows. Yeah. I I mean there are different versions of yourself you can or different mm-hmm. um, levels of yourself you can apply like I I like what Riley said about uh, being someone someone who's very closed in yeah. you're not going to approach them exactly. yelling in their face right exactly. Um, but if they're yelling in your face, yeah, you're going to yell back in their face. <laughs> um, personal training, uh, is we, we learn to sell that way as well mm-hmm. um, and, or gain clients that way. And, and it's it's almost mimicking in a way their uh, their physical being or their how their body language is, yeah. right? So if someone's very closed in, you don't want to be very open and daunting on them. Mm-hmm. You want to be on level with them, right? But you don't want to seem closed off yourself. And then you can, it's it's interesting because I know when I sit down in the room with the first for the first time with someone and they uh, move their chair across to the other side of the room and they're as far away as possible yeah. as they can be from me. I know they're uncomfortable yeah. and then they close in or cross their legs. They're uncomfortable. But then over time, over the sessions that they have with me, the third, fourth time, suddenly the chair gets closer or they, they're not crossing their legs anymore or they're leaning in to, to talk to me like they're engaged with mm-hmm. me. So it's interesting to see that progression. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing too is, you know, a lot of people will see see our videos we do, and they may not know us at all. They see our videos, they see how bubbly we are and how expressive we are. Um, but I'm not like that all the time. Like I'm a very chill guy at home, Riley. You, you'd know, like I'm you'd a, burn I'm out a really fast guy. if you were. Oh, yeah. totally right. Um, I'm a chill, laid back guy. Ninety um, percent of the time, obviously, we're gonna have some fun and and bring energy to videos. Um, but I think a lot of people, if they don't, if they don't know who I am, that's why that first interaction is is very important, right? Because then I get to show who I truly am versus, you know, that's me on the camera. That's still me, and I'm still having fun with it. But I'm not like that all the time. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be up in your face and going, <laughs> "Hey, yeah. you know, check out this beautiful kitchen." Like, no, no, I'm not going to yell at somebody when I'm going on a show. Like, "Hey, check out this beautiful bedroom." No, no, it's just going to be chill. Only if you're selling furniture. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> come on yeah. down. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> we got matches. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Um, I had something to say, but then I got lost in the yes. Kern Hill mattress person. That's what happens. That's, that's one of the great sales voices of all time. The, it was the dad, though. The son's not as good. I actually got a phone call the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got a free plug now. You're <laughs> speaking I, down. I got a phone call the other day. I've never spoken to this person before. It's just about some business. And they, as I was hanging up, they go, did you know you have such a radio voice? And I said, has anyone ever told you that? And I said, I have never heard that once in my life. I don't think I have a radio voice at all. No? But that's what I, that's what I was told by somebody the other day. Dad always told me I had a radio face. <laughs> we said that last oh, year. Like, don't, don't hold that against yeah. us. Every Re- episode. Recycling jokes. We'll say that in the dot coms every time. <laughs> um, maybe on a different level, 
Actually, it was something that came up a little bit earlier, but you talked about entrepreneurship and maybe have you read any books that led you towards thinking that way or, or was it more so just a drive that you had naturally? The entrepreneurship was more just a natural drive that I've, 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 I've had forever. Um, no, my dad's an entrepreneur. My mom's an entrepreneur. My grandfather's an entrepreneur. My uncle's an entrepreneur. Everybody in my family around me is basically an entrepreneur. Um, so, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a bit silly for me to ever think that I could be anything other than that, right? Um, but I, I think it's, it's you hit a point where you realize what you start to want, like I said before, what you start to want, and you, you know what's kind of linking up with your, with your lifestyle and your life and what's going to fit. And, um, no, there's no specific books that I read, to be honest. I obviously, the, the real estate books that I read kind of started me on that path. Um, but I, it was just always something of drive that I always had to, you know, be able to work my own hours, to be able to work as hard as I want, as long as I want, to succeed whatever I, I ultimately put in it. And I, I like being able to put in as much as I can to get as much as I want out of it. Because um, I, I, I've always been a hard worker. I've always worked, you know, like I said, I was, I was in Steinbach while doing full-time classes. Um, I've always worked two jobs. Like when I worked at the youth center, I was always also doing the training thing and bartending. I was doing a lot of stuff at once. Um, I'm a guy that'll work when I was bartending, I would work till three in the morning. I'd wake up at five in the morning and start training. Um, that was just my lifestyle back then. I didn't have a social life, which sucked. Now I have a much more, so I have a, have a greater social life now than I ever have, which is amazing. And I love it because ultimately getting out and talking to people and seeing people that I haven't seen in so long. I I love that. And, um, and it, it's it's tough when you become so ingrained in your in work and that you don't have time to you know see see people. I think social media nowadays is amazing because people I haven't seen since elementary school, I can still keep up with them and still send them messages and say, "Hey, you know, uh, your baby's gorgeous" and all those kind of fun right. stuff, right? So it it is a cool way because you think back to even when we were in even when I was in high school, we didn't have that technology, and it, it's a great way to still. S- be involved with people's lives and communicate with people and see what they're up to because I can't make time for thousands of people that I've met throughout the years, but I love, I love thousands of people, but I can't make time to see all these people, right? That's fair, So yeah. I, I love the social media because I can go on there and still see what everybody's doing, still see how everyone's changing and growing up in their lives and you know taking on moves and different job paths. And I absolutely love it. And people that are going to be watching this and seeing this, I see all your shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've previously spoken about social media very in a very negative light uh, mm-hmm. much of the time, and I, I like that that positive approach on it. The fact yeah. that it keeps us so connected that it does. You can stay connected that to that someone across the country and and see pictures and and how their life's changing too. Exactly. You know, I think I I've, I have people from elementary school that I haven't I haven't seen in years. Like I haven't seen them since elementary school. Some of them. And now, now to see the, how they've changed and, you know, they've grown up, they look completely different. And it's just super cool to be able to stay in touch with them, even send them messages like in a heartbeat like that. Instead of having to pick up a phone and make a phone call to people, you don't have to do that nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it's just everybody is so easily reachable. And I, I love that part about it. Obviously, I, you guys have talked about the negative aspects of social media. And there are tons. There is. Um, I always focus on the positives of it because I am a, <laughs> I am a social media kind of, what do I Being. say? Being, yeah, exactly. Guru, I don't know. Well, I, um, I see both sides of it, too. I think it's, it's, especially with doing something like this podcast and even trying to grow a presence. And, and just like you said, with your videos is, yeah, growing 
your persona and people gravitating towards the projects that you're working on. It is important to kind of to learn that side of things now more so than ever before. And so it's learning how to get posts and learning the promotions. Yeah. And actually, we did promote our, our last episode. Okay. And just in, in the sense to learn exactly how it works, the reach, and, and because obviously our hope is that people gravitate towards this, want to listen to it, and can learn something from it is, is the hope. And so it's, it's important to learn that side, but it also is, you know, there, there's only so many people and so much time in the day. And it, it seems that now it's almost an obsession and because it has to be to learn, mm-hmm. you have to understand what people are doing, what posts are popular, what, what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. So it is, it is that grind. And I want to, in my own life now, it's actually, I want to limit it to certain times because it seems important to not just get distracted mm-hmm. and then just want to be looking at my phone when I should be accomplishing other things. Exactly. But at the same time, it's if you're growing a presence, if you have a brand, if you have a company, it's becoming ingrained in our culture. If you have that reach, if you have that presence, you're going to be successful at least totally. more yeah. so. And it's funny because I find myself, you know, I'll just give you an example. A, a couple nights ago, I'm on my phone for five hours at the end of, end of a night, just on my phone for five hours. And not that it's I'm doing anything unproductive. I'm trying to create content for my business, and I'm you know I'm going through social and and creating creating new avenues of business. And you know it's funny because I'm creating it via social media, which most people say social media is a distraction. Well, it is a distraction for some people, but I'm creating a brand out of it, and I'm creating content with it. Um, and it's just the power of what you have in your freaking pocket is unbelievable. Oh, and I would say it's crucial, if not mandatory, for any growing business nowadays, nowadays to, to utilize social media and every platform. Yeah. Like I, I think a stat right there today is eighty eight percent of our population is on social media. Wow. And wow. and they're on it, I think on average five hours a day. And that's substantial. Where else are you getting that amount of percentage of population? And for that amount of time, you're not gonna get that anywhere else. Um you know you know bus benches are the thing for realtors. You know, get your face on a bus bench. I don't have a bus bench for anybody wanting one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, and I talked to somebody that has been in the business for 25 years, and they said they had one call from a bus bench in 25 years. And, you know, that just goes to show you and that people are still doing it and spending money on it. But I just find my money is well, better put elsewhere. In the day and age when everyone's looking at their phones, things like bus benches are now just background noise, right? Exactly. They're staring at their phone as they drive by the bus bench with my face on it. Yeah. Exactly even though I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I like to ask is, who's been the most influential person in your life and how have they influenced you? Oh, geez. It could be some direct relation to you or it could be somebody, a figure, a sports figure or a business figure as well. I would say the biggest influence on my life, I gotta, I'm not going to spe- specify one single person, my family in general. Um, I'm very close to my family. love my family to death. Um, they've always been so supportive of me. My parents have helped me out through my whole entire life. I'm very fortunate. Um, you know, when times are tough, they pick me back up. Um, when times are good, they support me and, you know, are right there beside me to cheer me on through no matter what I do and any avenue I take, which is huge. And not a lot of people have that. I'm very, I'm very, very appreciative. Um, and, and I, I think they are the ones that kind of, you know, Really, my parents and, and my siblings are the ones that made me who I am today because, you know, they helped raise me to be a good person, I think. So <laughs> kudos to them. Kudos to you, mom, dad, bro, sis. Love you guys. It seems that you have a, 
they inspire drive in you. And, and it seems that you have an innate positivity. And I wonder, is everybody in your family that way? Or is that? Is <laughs> yes, that a, yeah? we all are. Yeah. Everybody in my family is, you'll almost always see them with a smile on their face. Um, be happy to see you and talk to you any time of the day. Um, that's, yeah, you know what? That's, again, it, it, does, it runs in the family. It, it's, it's, if you met my sister, if you met my dad, you met my brother, you met my mom, they'd all, they're all the same. You know, they're smiley, happy people and the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And I love them. So, um, yeah, it's, I, it, it does run in the family. So now on the flip side, <laughs> is there a time that you've had to overcome a major failure and how were you able to overcome it? Oh, geez. I've had lots of failures in my life. I think everybody needs failure and everybody has it. Um, I think one of the biggest things, was especially was you know going through my teen years, and, and I think s- sport really helped me adapt to failure, and especially being a goalie. Um, it's tough when all eyes are on, are on you as a goalie. Um, you know, if if you get pulled in games or you're not playing in the playoffs, you're getting sat for games. You know, at, at that time, and you know, my whole world was revolved around hockey back in my teen years. It's it's a hard pill to swallow, especially being a goalie. You want to be out there helping the team, and you know, yeah. if you're on the bench. It sucks, and I'm not saying it happened all the time, but you know when it did happen, it was it was really really tough, and um, I think going through that experience year after year, I ran I ran into struggles every year at some point in time, whether I was going through my like I said the highs and lows of goaltending, right? When I was going through my lows, it's a big it's a big bird to take on when when that's you know that's your life at the time, and um, I think that really did help me learn how to how to overcome my my fear of failing um to learn how to how to adapt when I, when failure did reach me um what to do to overcome that failure and um you know I've also had I've had jobs where I've I've been you know not so happy in um I'm not going to name them but you know working working long hours or you know you know going through tedious work and um just not being happy where I am, that, and then you know, just feeling anxious and and sad where I am, and then finally coming to that realization, that I got to make a change for myself. I, if I'm, you know, it's not helping my health, it's not helping who I am. So then I got to overcome this and and change and start thinking about things differently. And I think if failure does reach you, I think mindset change and how you're and thinking about things a little bit differently can help can help you know overcome that failure and, and lead you down a path of what's going to get you through that. The thing that I think of while you're saying that is the word momentum, where as, as a goaltender or real estate agent or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, it's easy to get caught up in it. So whether you're a struggling goaltender, you've let in a couple goals and lost a couple games in a row, it's easy to slide and your confidence drops mm-hmm. and, and you start to dip into those deep, deep parts of the soul where you're just angry and, and so it's, it, you almost get averse to it. And I almost see the same thing you could have that in realty where you have a bad month and you start to doubt your skills and, and, and totally and, that, and, it, and it comes up. It does. Yeah. And even in training and, and sales oriented Definitely. training where you're trying to bring in clients, it's, it's that same thing. If you're having an off week and you can't show that positivity, if you kind of are defeated before going into it, you're not going to get that sale off and was how I felt in that position. Yeah. Too. Uh, any, like sales jobs are are definitely the worst for for ups and downs. I used to work for Rogers um, as a sales rep, and you get those months where you get sell all those phones, you sell all the services, 
and you feel great and you, this huge commission check comes in but then the next month comes in and no one wants phones everyone wants the flip phone or the the, the voice no data plan and uh you find out half the people from last month cancel their services so you get clawed back so clawing back means that uh uh the company takes back the money because they didn't stay with that service um and then you find out you get this commission check that's thousands of dollars less and suddenly it's a it's a kick in the in the nuts really you know <laughs> it is and you, and i think at the end of the day you know thinking about all these all these different avenues of failure i think i i know at the end of the day what kind of gets me through any kind of rough month or a rough time is my confidence in myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a very confident person. I think cocky and confidence are two different things, and, and people use them interchangeably too often. I think there is a big difference between cockiness and confidence. And I think confidence is one of the most important factors for you know, staying true to yourself and, and being able to overcome things and you know, also at the same time stay humble when success is yeah. there. I like that, staying true to yourself and, and kind of remembering why you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And that it, not, it shouldn't be necessarily for the money. Like you, you like Absolutely to help not. people, right? And same thing in training. Exactly. It's you're gonna have those dry months. It's gonna happen inevitably, and it's an obstacle that you need to overcome. But you gotta kind of rally back and say, "Why am I doing this again?" Mm-hmm. And and go from there. Well, and it usually is more discouraging if you're in it for the money, and you start to fail or you have an off month then you become that much more stressed because you're not getting the thing that you want. Exactly. Whereas if you're trying to help people, it's easy to get back on track and say, why am I doing this? Well, I want to help more people. So let's, yeah. let's do, exactly. let's get back to what's working because I want to do that. And so it, it becomes easier to get back on track. I think if you have that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think too, it's like, you know, I was talking about, you know, changing your, changing your mindset in a positive way, but I think it can also, you know, it can really deter you. It's like, okay, having a dry month or two it can change you for the, the not the greatest and then you become you change who you are as a person and then you start changing your styles and that's that's not good either because if you're changing you know you're being too pushy now and you're, you're forcing things too much you know that that becomes a that's that becomes an issue as well as well yeah, um, for sure. so i think that's why you know being confident staying true to yourself and just you know knowing that the hard work you put in is going to pay out no matter what right and and if you keep following your 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 values and who you are and 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 staying true to that it'll it'll just advance i like i'm oh, sorry go ahead i like the cocky and confident analogy and i always think of i think of tom brady and cam newton right now <laughs> in terms of tom brady why does he win so many championships and why is that team so <laughs> successful and you could say oh, he didn't win a championship this year well Come eagles, on, really. yeah and go eagles <laughs> yeah. and he's a big yes. eagles fan and that was an interesting story too because I would say they're heavily the underdogs playing with their the starting quarterback got injured, the backup goes in, and they're still able to beat the That's Patriots. Right. But oh, the Patriots, yeah. the fact that they've been able to essentially rebuild so many times, they've had Tom Brady, and the faces have changed from the 02, 04, mm-hmm. the, other, the championships in the early 2000s to now, you know, the mid-2010s, the, whatever, the next, the yeah. next decade. Yeah. But... The fact that they've been able to do it again and again, it shows the confidence of the head office in Belichick and then Belichick and Tom Brady, and they interchange. They make average receivers, especially Tom Brady, look amazing. Mm-hmm. Danny Amendola was a decent, I think he was on the Rams back when they were in uh, St. Was. Louis, mm-hmm. but he he's an 100-catch guy, and same with Wes Welker. They, they do nothing anywhere else, and then they come to uh, a system like that in New England, and then they're great. 
But then a guy like Cam Newton, he has been successful, but I would say it's it's individual success, and he's willing to make the throws. He can make all the throws, but when it comes down to it, even in the the Superman rip off the cape and kind of pound <laughs> your own chest, it shows through. Um, another guy I think of as Evander Kane with the money phone and the yeah. and you wonder why the Jets are successful now. Well, you get rid of the guys who are cocky and in it for themselves. Yeah. You bring in more team guys, which again the Patriots bring in team guys. They get rid of if you're going to be. Randy Moss talking about yourself all the time, you're going to be shown the door. And so it shows you the difference between sustained success, I would say. You can you can be cocky and have short-term success. You might be the most talented person in the room, but the sustainable success, I would say, comes from that confidence that you've done it, you can do it again. Exactly. But being humble in that moment is important too, yeah, and I like think you said. I've seen I've seen people not get scholarships because of their ego. Yeah. I've seen, I know people who um, think so highly of themselves that they don't get to go to college anywhere in the States because everywhere said no to them because of their, they don't have the sportsmanship, they don't have the teamwork. And like those are necessary things in, in most aspects of life. If you don't have that, then you're stuck by yourself and you're going to be on your own. Totally. And, and cockiness, you know, it, I think it's more, cockiness I, I, in my mind is a, a more of a, a showboating of of your successes and yeah. and you know you're not staying humble you know confidence you can have your successes you're not going to showboat about it and you know you can have your failures and at the same time you're still not going to talk about it right yeah um so just again staying true to yourself and i think i think confidence and cockiness is a is a big difference and i think yeah i think it's important to to differentiate differentiate those two yeah for sure and um kind of bring it back to like how the jets kind of prevail by picking team players and the same thing with the Patriots and, and in any job and overcoming that obstacle, having those dry months, um, not only does it come back to rallying back and, and kind of identifying why you're doing this in the first place, but um, we, we covered this on previous podcasts too, is, is what is insanity? It's doing the same thing in the same way, expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. So it's always, you have to be able to self-analyze, right? What am I doing that's not working and what can I do differently that will start showing results, right? Totally. That's been the biggest, one of the biggest changes in my life is just being able to assess. I even did it today where I had to take a self-assessment and went, where am I? And I, I've said it before, I kind of measure the different realms and, and also look at balance in my own life. So I don't know if, Addie, you have a similar outlook, but I look at it as physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And I don't think of spiritual as like a religious sense I think of it more so as just having purpose and having mm-hmm. having positivity and trying to work towards a healthy future mm-hmm. with yourself and mankind. But on the other side, so having intellectual pursuits, whether it's reading or career, or, or but being stimulated and pushed that way um, emotionally. So that's the relationships like you talk about, like social relationships, but also being in tune with your feelings, your thoughts, because often they'll tell you the things that you need to know too. And and then the physical side, staying healthy, is obviously going to be important in any sense. But I had to take an assessment today of just where are the places that I could improve. And, and I've seen it as a development from, I definitely had bad habits in my early 20s. And I was kind of, it, I lived a little bit chaotically is how I would say, in terms of a lot of different areas. And so now to see where I am now, but it's, it's now fine-tuning, it seems, mm-hmm. where it's, 
I'm on this path that I want to be on, but it's just finding those little things that I can improve on or maybe the areas that need more focus in that moment. But it seems more important now, more so than ever before. I, I just went through, it's, it's been like a couple days of just like stuck in my own mind for some reason. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But <laughs> can you assess me, Mr. Psychologist? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Um, so I don't know how to transition out of that. I don't know. You were talking about life balance too, and like the I was talking about and... life balance, but yeah, I always find it is important to get back to that, whatever that is for you, and whatever that trajectory is. Yeah, like back to like you know the life the life balance thing, and you know what? Like obviously, work is a huge part of of life, but like I was talking about before, having a social life is obviously huge as well. Um, making time for whoever it may be in your life that you care about, whether it's family, your significant other, friends, you know, you, you got to take that time to always, you know, commit to those ones that you love and care for, right? Yeah. Um, and having a balance. I, I, I work my butt off, but I, I can't work 24 hours a day for 365 days a year because I don't have time, I wouldn't have time to do other things that I love to do and, you know, keep me healthy and keep me sane and keep those around me, you know, engaged with me and, and in my life, right? So I think, yeah, having a healthy balance in many avenues in your life is very, very important. Yeah, and I think uh, part of that is surrounding yourself with the people who believe in you. Totally. Um, and who support you and have a, a similar mindset as you. Um, I was lis- listening to uh, Tim Ferriss today, and um, I feel like I bring him up every podcast, but... Uh, Everybody is, goes on tangents, though. You you start to listen to somebody, yeah. and then you transition to somebody transition. else. Yeah. And uh, he said... Um, usually ask people what if you could put anything on a billboard what would you put a word or an image or a sentence of some sort of statement um and he was asked a reverse question to himself uh, someone asked him what would you put on a billboard and it was super interesting he's like uh, probably there was two things but the second one was more interesting to me was um they say that you are most like the five closest people to you so choose those people wisely and I think that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that plays into things like karma too. And and you are inevitably going to attract what you are. So depending on your mindset in life, whether it's positive or negative, you're a negative person, you complain mm-hmm. all the time, or you're, you're a gonna smoker, you're going to be around those kind of people, totally. right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the business too, right? Like I'm, I'm getting energetic, happy people because I'm attracting that energy personally, right? Um, and I think I've, I think, well, I've always been like this. So even the people in my life, same thing, you know, happy, energetic people. And I want to, I want to surround myself with those people. I don't want to surround myself with, with, um, negative people who bring my mood down as well. I mean, everybody, everybody can be negative at certain times in their life, obviously. Um, but I don't want to surround, I don't surround myself with people that, um, you know, are going to bring me down, whether it's through work, whether it's through energy, whether it's through my confidence, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to surround myself with those people. I don't think I don't think anybody would want to really, right? Like, yeah, no. I don't know what it is about the word karma that irks me a little bit. It, it does it's, me too because I don't think people think good things are going to happen to them if they just do good deeds, and I think it's more than that, right? I don't think you can just sit around and expect good things to happen to you. You have yeah. to actively do things that, in return good things happen because you're doing these good things. Exactly. You, you, you do your good deeds and you, you know, you live your life. And at the end of the day, what you're doing and putting out there for the world 
eventually, hopefully it comes back to you. And if it doesn't, whatever, at least you're still a good person in the process. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's how I talk about putting your energy out into the world and hopefully it manifests in good ways, even if you don't directly see the results of that. If you've pushed that outwards, even if it's doing that small good deed, holding the door open for somebody was kind of the example I use. But yeah, and if you're if you're helping kids, if you're teaching somebody, if you're genuinely there wanting what's best for somebody and helping them along, then you're going to hopefully put that energy out and it's going to evolve into something positive. And if you put that negative energy out, the same thing might happen, right? And but, I, I yeah. see that as being the constant battle of the world. I like itself. what Addy says, like you hold that door open for someone. I don't think you can expect something out of it though. No, like, hey, you the universe, you owe me universe, now. You owe me that's, yeah. <laughs> I make it two, I open the door twice. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But that's what I mean so, though. It manifests. You yeah. might not see the results of that. But hopefully it manifests. But yeah, exactly. of course. Hopefully, hopefully it, makes, it will. It makes you feel better about yourself too for doing good things, right? Like I, whenever I, you know, whether it's just a minor thing like opening a door or just you know, um, giving someone a dollar that needs a dollar, right? It's just things like that. And they make me feel happy about myself. And I don't care if it, anything comes in return, but I feel better about myself for doing it. And I sure. Know so I'm, you already got something out of it. Totally. Sure. And I'm, I know I'm doing a good deed in the world, and you know, I'm I'm I am a big believer of you get out what you put in. I really I really do believe that, and I. Like I said, if, if nothing, I don't get anything out of it. I don't care. At the end of the day, it's making me happy, and and that's it is what it is. I had a cool experience this week. I was listening. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it's about the Spartan race, but it was actually about this lady who started obstacle course racing at seventy. Wow! And I, it was very inspirational. And she started doing. She actually went to cheer on her son, who's in his 40s, doing obstacle course races. And she went, that looks like so much fun. I'm going to do that. And so she started by just walking and then kind of, she calls it her trot something, her granny trot that she does. But she had two replaced hips, can only do certain movements. And, and when you can't do an obstacle, there's certain obstacles that she wasn't able to do. But she does, she can't do burpees, so she does... Um, jumping jacks, and then she'll do push-ups to break down the movement. But I just thought it was so inspirational. And then I went upstairs to work out at lunchtime, and there's a gentleman that comes in nearly every time that I'm there with a care uh, dog. And his vision, he's visually impaired. And I just all of a sudden noticed, you you know when you just walk past and you don't want to mess with the dog and you kind of do, he's doing his own thing. And I stopped and went, it's so crazy that I walk past every day. This is such an inspirational person working on themselves in the gym. And so I stopped and I just talked to him, said hi, and asked him what he was doing for his workout. And I could tell that he was appreciative of it. But then somebody else, a after he left and his dog went with him too, obviously. <laughs> but so, a, a guy kind of just said, what an inspirational, awesome guy that is. And we take everything for granted. And I went... Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk to him because it, it was just such an awesome, it's just nice when you put that energy forward. And I felt good coming from that conversation too. Yeah, right. It, and it's, you try not to be closed off. I, I find that's what I mean by wanting to open up more to people is you kind of, you want to have those experiences and have those conversations that uplift not only the other person, but yourself in the process too. And I think it's, it's available. It's there. There's often a, somebody you can connect with and learn maybe more so about life or outlook or whatever it is. You have lessons to learn through that and yeah. through conversation. Um, I kind of wanted to throw this out there for whoever, like people that are listening. 
Um, I feel like it can be taken the wrong way sometimes too, that like finding like-minded people and the openness and, and everything and just, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, sure. it doesn't mean finding people that agree with you all the time. Totally. Uh, and in fact, it's always good to keep your, like you have your opinion, that's fine. And you can have other people have their opinions and you can discuss <clears throat> it. That's all great. But when you actively attack someone for having an opinion, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just don't want people to get the wrong idea that don't just, just look for people that have the same mindset as you and 100% go in on that mindset. Be exactly. open to other people's opinions as well and respect their opinions because they are entitled to them. Like it's, it's not the rule of the world, but it is the rule for them. Yep. Exactly. And there's, that that is allowed to them, right? And I fully believe that. So I just just respect others, and I think it's important and healthy to have someone who opposes your opinions as well, um, and it can make you see things in a different perspective, which is important and positive change in any form and shape in life. Mm-hmm. Seems like people get caught in their sounding boards oftentimes, where it's it's you get caught around people that agree with you, and you're never willing to step outside that box, and it becomes treacherous sometimes i mean yeah i it's understandable too because it's nice to hear that you're right like oh i'm right and you get that a feel-good feeling from it um and it's not always nice to hear that you're wrong or that the way you're doing something is not the best way you can go about it however it can make you a better person and make you do that whole self-analyzing thing it's an obstacle to overcome right so it's it's always good to not so much always criticize yourself, like recognize the good things, but also recognize where you can always improve. There's always an area of opportunity. We say that in personal training all the time. You can do things as well as you can, but there's always room for opportunity. Mm. Can you cut and paste that over what I used that I was trying to say before? <laughs> no, I, That's what I, I respect what you're saying. To. I just didn't want, and I, I know a lot of what I say, and, and I know I've done it in the past where I've just gone out of my way. I'll ignore the people who've naysayed me and just go with the people that agree with me. And I've made that mistake. And I would get very angry at people if they criticize me and like just become very defensive. And it's only over the last five or so years that I've learned to open up to that. And it's through actually theater and film and through uh, directing and acting that like you have to be able to take criticism because you're going to get it left, mm-hmm. right, and center. It's going to be thrown at you whether you like it or not. And it will it will knock you down at times. It will make you rethink everything. But I don't think that's a bad thing as long as you're able to get back up and try better based on that criticism. Totally. And it doesn't mean that everyone's criticisms you view is right. And it mm-hmm. goes back to what you're saying. Not everyone's going to like you. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? That doesn't mean you have to change your, change the way you are but you can change the way you're doing something to improve yourself. I would say that's one of the toughest things. I just personally, I I like to be liked. And that's Who been doesn't? one of the things, <laughs> but that's been one of the things that I had to get over. I, I couldn't understand people not liking me for who I was because <laughs> I, I mean, like you, I like to be happy, go lucky, yeah. have fun, enjoy this experience and so you do see people sometimes that have negative outlooks and not to say that anybody who doesn't have the same outlook as me is negative but there just have been those moments where people maybe don't agree with me or are different than me and I let that bring me down and wasn't confident enough in who I was and through those times to to say that's fine you can have a different opinion you can you can not like me you can live a different kind of life but yeah, for whatever reason, I, I'm learning, and it's and it's a journey, right? 
And, and part of this, the Jordan Peterson book, The 12 Rules of Life, has been really helpful, but also eye-opening in the sense of just being self-critical and seeing exactly where you are. He talks a lot about hierarchies, but I also look at, I look at how people tend to sometimes not use other people, but I don't, it, it's control in a certain sense too. But it's, I want to find my place where I can be successful. And part of that is not being liked all the time. You have to be willing to build what you want to build. Well, I mean, Jordan's, Jordan Peterson's fame is almost 100% built on people disliking him. He would not be, I mean, not to, maybe not 100%, but he He's, wouldn't be as popular as he is today if people didn't disagree with him and a large majority of people do disagree with his opinions. Yeah, but he's willing to put it out there to help people and he wants, in, in the way that he, but also research, science, psychology. But deems. he encourages people to criticize him, right? He wants people to be like, good, like you should. You should always question it, right? As you should question everything. I'm even watching his maps of meaning lecture series and he actually says that directly where he says criticize this and find what it is on your path that works and what's important to you and and yes i'm not saying this is law or religion or, or this isn't you have to follow this mm -hmm. this is what's going to work for you and a lot of what he does is just it's helping you build to where you want to be realize where you were and realize where you are yeah. and and that's really what you should be focused on yeah. is how can I make the present moment better? What could I do to better my predicament well, in yeah. the now? And I don't think he's ever said that like this is how what's going to happen to you. This is how you're going to be 100%. He All he does is really lay out, here's the statistics. Statistically, this says that you're going to be a certain way. It's up to you to prove it wrong. Hi, Addy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Tangents. So who's Jordan Peterson? Uh... Um, yeah, maybe we should explain that. So he's a clinical psychologist, and he was practicing for a long time. He still is practicing psychology, but yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. professor at U of T. Okay. University and of he Toronto, got, yeah. He got caught up in controversy because he refused to use gender pronouns, the 70 oh, that, okay. are, that are now. It, it's a bylaw in the human rights and... Uh, the human rights amendment, I want to say amendment, but that's wrong. Code of yeah. Con, not Code I of Con. I don't, yeah, I can't remember. I wish I remembered the term. Anyways, there's a video of him. He wanted to have an intellectual debate with people who self-identified as either one of these gender mm -hmm. pronouns or identified as a woman or were biologically male and essentially wanted to have a conversation with them. And you can watch the video. It's, it has yeah, all so sorts of viral If you go on YouTube, if you, you can look up just channel, Jordan Peterson, Channel mm -hmm. 4 News, and the, that's kind of the stem of where it all started. Not okay. where it started, but yeah, what, where it blew up. Yeah. yeah. And now he's, but he's went on and he, he does a lot of different things. He's got his books and lecture series, but now he's, he's actually touring and doing, uh, basically talks about the book, but in different uh, venues and, and doing feeders, but it's actually, it's really interesting just some of the things that he has to say about, he's inspired a lot of males, but it's also just being self, it is that self-critical and self-assess and see how you can build forward and build a better future and find that sense of purpose, which I feel that a lot of people, especially in this day and age, lack. It's just 
trying to aim. He always says aim high. It's like that star in Pinocchio where it's aim <laughs> high. And, and so, and it's not like fall among the stars and whatever, but it's just find that point, find where you want to go. Yeah. And then you'll find the Little way along. Yeah. yeah. Cool. One of the, I wanted to know your favorite movie, and I also wanted Ooh. to know why I thought it was Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not Angels in the Outfield. I want to know Great why you movie. thought it was that. I don't know. Yeah. It popped into my head as I was writing it, thinking of that. Maybe it's your favorite Addie's. movie. Maybe it no, is. No, it is not my favorite movie. <laughs> Billy Madison, word for word. That is also one of my favorite movies, Billy Madison. Um, I, the movie I Love You, Man. Oh, oh, okay. Nice. That one gets me every time. Probably my favorite, but I mean, I don't. It's hard to pick a favorite movie. I could pick a, maybe like a couple favorites in each genre. Yeah. But I can't say hands down that's my favorite movie ever made. No, I can't. Like I just I like a lot of movies. So I'm I'm a big comedy guy. Obviously, I love comedy. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, I Love You Man, I, and anything old Adam Sandler. <laughs> Now, I like, everyone Adam says Sandler, that. Just, everyone, every, everyone, anything old Adam Sandler, like '90s exactly, or early 2000s. New Adam Sandler. Sandler sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything after there was a time. Big Daddy was okay. Big Daddy or, was big, good. Big Daddy was good. Mr. Deeds was okay, but that was Deeds started right. the slide. Yeah, I, I would say. I still think Happy Gilmore is probably the best film he's ever done. No, Billy Madison is iconic. I, I love it's, Billy Madison. They're, they're but two just, on the same level. They're yeah, on the same level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So amazing. <laughs> Two loves of Adam Sandler in the room. Yep, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get much love these days, so. No, he does not. But maybe he'll listen to this. <laughs> well, he did come out with Jack and Jill. Did yeah, anybody sucks. watch that? Well, I don't, I don't know. Was like, Jack and Jill. Like, yeah, he played both male and female. And Is it a Netflix show? Because I, it might be on Netflix. Well, because didn't he sign a contract with Netflix? So he does yeah, exclusively he's done for them. Some silly things. Uh, which they've also recently signed uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I I put on his comedy. <laughs> you special. seem so disappointed by that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it was a comedy benefit for uh, Alzheimer's, and it was a bunch of different comedians and skits that they did. And it was all garbage because none of the comedians used their good material and none of the skits were really well thought out. So I just turned it off and went on my way. I had my gluten-free pancakes. <laughs> They're delicious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then Adam Sandler also was part of the worst movie I ever saw, Punch Drunk Love. No, oh, what? Okay, no. I haven't seen that one. No, that's not a it's bad Adam movie. It's Adam Sandler in a drama. Oh. If that's you strange. If you, yeah, if you think it, it didn't go anywhere, I used to think it was a bad movie too. I had to rewatch it when I was in film we theory all, and write a paper on it. So I learned to love that movie because <laughs> of what the director did with it. Um, and not so much Adam Sandler's performance though. But. Hmm. Yeah. It takes a film snob to enjoy any kind of <laughs> performance in punch drunk love. I'm so surprised. Uh, if a genie granted you two wishes, what would they be? I think I would only need one wish. Unlimited wishes from a genie. <laughs> Come on, that's boring. That's a childhood that's answer. Um, well, if a genie could grant me two wishes, what would it be? Um, family health. Ooh, my number good one. Good one, I like that. And number two would be hap just happiness in my life, whatever it may be, whether I'm making no money, whether I'm making tons of money, whether I'm single, whether I'm married. Whatever it is, whatever makes me happy in the future, I want just happiness. 
Those are my two wishes. Help me health and happiness. I can, I can. I like that. Interesting concept. So, but so if you were to, you wouldn't have to work towards it then, right? Well, I mean, well, no. But I mean, I wouldn't have to, I guess, because of it. A it would just, you'd wish. always be happy, it, no I, matter what you well, did. You'd be homeless on the street, and you'd be happy, right? That's true. I would be. So maybe I want. Maybe I should say, the genie's wish wouldn't convert me to happiness. It wouldn't change. It wouldn't change my happiness. It would lead me doing something that I know I'm going to be happy at doing, and be at a spot where I'm happy. Let's be honest. If I'm homeless, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the genie is just going to tell you to continue on the path that you're on. Hopefully, and then maybe, that, maybe who knows? Go. Maybe in ten years, that's you just, are the I'll genie. Be a different path. Yeah, <laughs> I am a genie. So, what does a day in the life look like for you? Do you have any daily routines or practices aside from showering and looking so great? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, gee, thanks, Riley. Um, you know what? It's it's funny because real estate's hard to get into a routine because things pop up. Daily, um, you uh, know. I guess, yeah, schedules must be Schedules hectic. are very flexible and, and, and ever-changing because, you know, I, something could come up right now as I'm sitting here and I could go on a showing tonight or have to go write an offer tonight. So my schedule's always evolving. I, I try and I still try to get to the gym, um, you know, as much as I can. Five days a week for sure I try to get in. You know, it hasn't been happening as much lately, but um, I've been doing other things that have been keeping me busy as well. So it's, it's hard to get into that routine lifestyle. It is. Um, but, you know, I always try to find time to, to get a little bit of exercise in, hopefully. Um, try to get all my meals in, hopefully. Just, again, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, also have at least a little bit of downtime at the end of the night just to unwind and, and you know, reset the mind. And, and I think that's very important, is, you know, resetting that mind and not always being go, 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 go. Having just a little bit of time to yourself and and, you know, processing the thoughts of that that have gone on throughout the day. That's interesting because that sounds very similar to meditation, but it's almost... Yeah, I mean, you... I wouldn't call it... Med- I, don't, I don't know how to meditate. I'm not familiar with meditation. Yeah. But I, it would, I would say it is a form of meditation, right? You know, reflecting on the day and just taking time for yourself to just, you know, just sit there and just let everything out of the system. All the bad, all the bad that came out, let it go. You know, all the positives, let that, let those... Let those sit and keep building your confidence and just, you know, kind of reset and get ready for the next day. I, I sit I, every night I, before I go to bed as well. I always go to my calendar and I always just go, okay, here's what I got to do the next day or two. I want to see what's, what, what, I, what I have in my calendar because, you know, things get crazy and there's always stuff being added and subtracted. And my mind won't slow down and go to bed until I know I'm prepared for my next day. So I always look at before I go to bed, okay, here's what's what's going on the next day, helps me relax. Some people will say, well, if you're looking at what you got to do the next day, don't you stress when you go to bed? No, it helps me relax because now I'm prepared for, the, for what's coming and I know what to prepare for and I'm, I'm prepared. Uh, if I'm unprepared, then I'll be stressed. I think we talked about this before. Yeah, I was going to say, Jace, last time even. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about, so there are studies that show, uh, clinical studies that show that if you actually think actively, think about what you need to do the next day, um, you actually get more restful sleep. Yeah. Well, there it is. Apparently, I'm a study case. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you have those habits. You haven't necessarily. Did you learn them from anywhere, or it's just something that you felt? Just something that I felt I needed to do. Just to you know, I I just started doing that. I started doing it at a young age. To be honest, Um, obviously, I I do it a lot more now because my schedule is a lot more full. Um, And and again, like I said, it's ever changing. So 
I think when you're when you're when you have a hectic schedule like I kind of do, it's it's very important. Otherwise, I go, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? I'm not going to sleep because I'm just worrying about oh, do I have to do this? Oh, do I have to do this? Well, at least I know and I'm prepared. Yeah. How would you classify your spiritual outlook, and has it evolved throughout your life? My spiritual outlook and has it evolved throughout my life? Um, oh man, that's a tough question. I think it has evolved. Yes. Um, my family's a Christian background. Um, I'm I'm a Christian. Um, I believe I believe in in God and the higher power. Um, but it's it's funny, you know. I talk about talk about re- like spiritual isn't always religion, and religion and you know like you were saying before, and spiritual aren't aren't the same thing. Um, and I kind of you know I don't I don't do I don't do go to church. Um, you know I I don't pray consistently. Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the mindset of, you know, I believe in a higher power. I believe my good deeds on this earth and who I am as a person. Ultimately, when, I, when I'm dead and gone, whether there's a heaven or a hell, um, I'm going to go somewhere where, you know, I'm going to be happy there as well because I've put in what I've put in this world. I, I've, you know, I'm putting in good things in this world and I'm being nice to people and, and treating people well. Ultimately, that should be enough to reward me at the end of the day or, you know, or it is the bad word, but you know what I mean, right? Um, that's kind of the mindset that I, I like to follow. It's just, you know, I show my spirituality and I show my my religion, I guess, through what I do in my day-to-day life. So I like yeah. that. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't I don't I don't obsess about religion. Um, I don't I don't obsess about anything. And I think again, it just comes back to being who you are as a person being true to yourself, and treating people well. I, I always say treating people well is the biggest thing. Um, yeah, treat people how you would like to be treated, totally, right? Totally. So it's cliche, but it's beyond true. It's true. And yeah, I like, it's cliche because it's true. Exactly. I like the treat yourself that way as well. So yeah. treat yourself like you're a person yeah, worth taking yourself. care of. Care of and, also, then that's, and then it's easier to manifest outward too. Yeah. Like... Be in the gym, take care of yourself, eat well, and yeah, take those times that you need to relax and make sure that you're able to bring the most of yourself into your day-to-day life and interactions with people. Totally. But yeah, I like that. It's funny because I see so many, it doesn't matter who I talk to that has different spiritual outlooks or different religions, it's often the same core principles of just bring yourself bring the best version of yourself to the table and try and help people and be a good person, whatever that means. Exactly. And so it's so strange that people get caught up in, in tensions between religions and people. And And that's, and that's, and I don't, I I don't like that. You know, that's why it's, you know, some people, if if you say to someone, you're a Christian, you know, some people don't like that. Some people don't want to be associated with a Christian, you know, and you know what, that's why I always say, (laughs) it's funny because ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know if there's a God. Nobody knows if there is a true God in the Christian sense, right? Like, you, you can't see him. You can't, you can't talk to him directly. You know, some people may say they felt the spirit of connection, whatever. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what control us. I believe in a higher being. And I believe in a higher power. But I believe that higher being and higher power is, um, is you know, like I said before, it it's, comes back to just, you know, being a kind person. And, For and, sure. And promoting yourself on this earth like that. Well, I mean, uh, a f- couple of years ago, Neil deGrasse Tyson did um, um, a, a presentation 
on uh, and and there's a lot of there is a lot of hate around uh, there can be a lot of hate around Christianity and like oh you guys believe in something that's not real and Neil deGrasse Tyson just ultimately says well we can't prove that God exists we no. can't disprove it either exactly and he goes into saying there's I forget the percentages so bear with me because I'm gonna make up these numbers a little bit <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've seen this video um, he shows stats essentially on what kind of scientists and physicists believe in God still and he's like it's uh, it's about 50% of the population of people of that population. Um, he's It's 30% of scientists believe in God. And then of those scientists, um, I believe it's 5% or 7% of the most elite scientists and physicists in the entire world still believe that there is a God. So until that number is 0%, we can't say that there isn't a God. And again, like exactly. And like I said, whether it's, whether it's God, whether it's Buddha, whether it's you're an atheist and you believe in science and just the Big Bang Theory. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you have something that you yourself you believe in, and like I said, as long as you're, you're projecting yourself in this world in a positive light, I think that's, that is the ultimate end goal of religion and in its, in its truest form, religion and spirituality in its truest form, just being a good person on this earth. And for sure, I think some earth. people lose sight of that too, exactly. and they, and they can take the Bible maybe a little too literally at times, mm -hmm. and and that's what I always come back to. You know, as people ask me, "Are you, are you religious?" No, I'm not religious. I'm not. Um, I believe in doing good things on this earth, and whether you know, yeah. believe in being a good person. Exactly. Go. That's yeah. literally that is my religion, I guess. Yeah. You know, I believe in being a good person and doing good things on this earth. And, I always but, go ahead, Bradley. I always find it interesting to have this conversation with people because it's one of my favorite conversations to have because I... Aren't you, aren't you supposed to not talk about religion? And they always <laughs> they say religion and politics to never talk about them. I, I, I don't shy away from politics. It's, you can usually tell from people what they say and what they project outwards, what their political views are going to be. Yeah. But also in the sense of religion, I actually always just find it as a learning process. There might be somebody's outlook... There might be something that you identify within that. And I just see, and I see so many commonalities between, I, I've said it before that I consider myself a Taoist, which is more just the philosophy of the yin and yang and balance. And, and so that's why I Pretty use terms same, like yeah. that throughout. And I almost think that that's the core value of a lot of religions too, is just, okay, there's, there's good and bad. There's going to be this road that you go down. You might have to come back from negative experiences, but this is all part of, the human experience, and this is all part of life. And so not to lose sight of, don't lose sight, and I really like the yin and yang for this, is uh, don't lose sight of the light when you're in the darkness, the little, mm -hmm. the little circle, right? Because there's, you have to have that hope that you're going to get to a better place. Yep. And, and even in that part where you're happiest, you have to realize that you might not necessarily be there for the rest of your life. Life comes and ebbs and flows, and you have to be willing to take that path, and you have to be willing to take the ride along with it, but appreciating those moments, and that's what I think it is. There, there are those moments of achievement, of happiness, of joy, of bliss, of, of all those things, and there's going to be the opposite, but you live for those moments, and you have to, and don't grasp at them. Don't try and grab them and hold on to them forever, but enjoy them as they're there mm -hmm. and be completely in that moment. So that's maybe a little yogic too, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's a little bit of 
my spiritual outlook, but I see that in in Christianity, I see that in Buddhism, and Buddhism and Confucianism evolved a little bit from Taoist philosophies as well, and and religions have all taken from each other too. Is is because that's the evolution. We're all people. We're all people living in certain areas and then branched outwards. And so some of the stories change, but that's why a lot of the core values are the same as well. Yeah. So, uh, Addison, I just wanted to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Um, if so, to those who are looking to become the best versions of themselves and whatever that means, whether it be spiritually or whether they want to be going to realty or whatever aspect of life, whether they want to go in the trades or whatever, what's the best piece of advice you could give them? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. Maybe it's a tough one here. <laughs> say it one more time for me while I can think about it again while you say the question. <laughs> <laughs> the best piece of advice you can give someone who is trying to basically change their life for the better in a positive manner. You know, I'm going to touch, touch on it again. I'm probably going to repeat myself again. Um, but I think it comes, I think it comes always back to, you know, believing in yourself, having that confidence, um, you know, whether, wh whatever you want to do, whatever you want to achieve, um, like we said before, certain things aren't for everybody, but you find something and you want to, you want to get there and you want to, you want to reach that point. Um, I think believing in yourself is the biggest factor because if you believe in yourself, you believe in ultimately reaching that end goal because that is what your goal is. If you believe in yourself, you're going to reach that goal. Um, and there's a lot of aspects involved in, in any kind of goal setting and goal reaching. There's going to be a lot of different factors. There's going to be a lot of different changes. There's going to be a lot of things. Um, but I think ultimately you stay true to yourself, stay confident, and uh, work your butt off, and anything's possible. Awesome. I like it. Except me being a singer. That's not possible. <laughs> that's the only we thing. We haven't heard your voice yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. I'll sing us a little too. <laughs> next, next podcast I'm on. Um, so that being said, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me everywhere. Social media. So my main two spots, Instagram and Facebook. Just search my name, full name, Addison Herosian. You'll find me on both those places. Um, our website, socialsavvyhomes.ca. Um, you can find all of my other, other real estate stuff in there. But generally, my Instagram, my Facebook, you'll see everything on there. You'll see more of the, the personal touches on there as well, which, which, you know, I think that's very important as well. I don't want to just portray all the business, 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 business. No, I have a, I have a life too, right? I have a personal life as well. I, I, have, I have things outside of business. And uh, I like showing those, those things as well because I think that, that helps people get to know me better as well. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, search me up, add me up. And uh, those are those are where I would say to find me. Awesome. Um, any other questions or anything that you want to touch on before we go? I don't think so. It was a good time. Thanks for having me out, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate You're you coming welcome. on. Of course, of course. Thank anytime, anytime, anytime. You want like another guest uh, guest Addy appearance? Like, you know? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like it. Something. It's always something that's made me gravitate towards you is just your energy and the positivity that you bring into a room. And so I was excited when I thought of. Who could we bring on here? And I went, Addie is doing, <laughs> and it's, but it's who's accomplishing great things and, and, Thanks, Riley. and who's a positive that, person deep down. And I know that that's, that's you. That's and so great. I was excited to have you on and just even learn more about your story. And it's fun to get to do this, even as 
right now it seems to be people in the inner circle that that I mm-hmm. want to get to know better. Totally. And so it's great to just learn people's journey through being a young professional because I think that bonds bonds us in the age that we're in, but then it bonds even people beyond this too, going through certain similar experiences. And so that's my hope is just that people can kind of learn from our trials and tribulations and successes and failures and maybe learn more so what they want and and how they can accomplish those things too. So, and I, yeah, and I like, sorry to interrupt you there, Riley, but I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Keep it going. If any, you ever have any questions or want to pick my brain a little bit about stuff, let me know. I'm always free for compatible things. So I'll make sure to uh, throw a couple of links there and for your social media in the description. So if you guys are interested in checking out Addison, uh, see below or, visit the links that you said earlier. Uh, Riley, you have anything to add? No, I think that's a great time to uh, to go out, but there we'll have some closing thoughts. So check out the meetup.com website. We do have a discussion group later on this month. We are still looking for people for volunteering as well. Uh, check out the social media pages, Instagram and Facebook. Be the change YPS on both of those. Here comes and the your email. favorite part of the whole podcast. And you can email us at b.the.change.yps at gmail.com. Love it. <laughs> There's no better way to say dot. Yeah, There's right. Period. I, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk no, about period. Right. No. Um, so, yes. Thank you for listening and excited to uh, to continue on this right, journey guys. with you. Thank you, Addison. It's of been course, a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank and, you, Addy. Uh, yeah, to all listeners, one last thing. I always do it. Stay social. Perfect. Stay classy, stay social.